0: Well, good morning, Brentwood. It's a joy to be with you. Uh, the saints at High Point are praying for you this morning, uh, so please know you are in their prayers. We pray for you guys often. Uh, it is a joy to be back here with you. I uh, consider it a privilege to have been as a friend, and so you have a wonderful pastor, and so I praise God for his ministry and for what the Lord is doing here at Brentwood uh, with you all as, as believers in Christ. Um, Before I read the text, I'd like uh, to just pray for us one more time. Uh, Too much prayer is never a thing. And so I just want to pray real quick, then we'll read our text and and we'll we'll begin. Father, again, we do thank you for this morning. We thank you for your grace and the mercy that you bestow upon us, uh, new and fresh every morning. Uh, God, even I'm reminded this morning of how we are so uh, undeserving of your mercy and your grace. And so, Father, would you... Uh, just remind us of that this morning. Would you make Jesus ever clear for us? Uh, God, would you move me out of the way, and would you uh, speak by your Spirit uh, from your text this morning uh, in a way that exalts, exalts Christ and uh, moves us to pursue him even more this week? It's in Christ's name that we pray this. Amen. Our text this morning is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Uh, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Uh, If you have a different version, though, that's completely fine. They're very similar in all the different versions. And so uh, you should be able to follow along even if you're using a different one. But I'll be reading from the ESV. So again, Luke chapter 10, uh, beginning in verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Praise God for his word this morning. We live in a time where it is all too easy to become distracted and pulled away from time spent with Jesus. A time where, if we're not cautious, the words of Jesus can be drowned out, or even worse, twisted by other voices that we have in our lives, whether they be from news outlets, or friends, or coworkers, or even family members. We can all be too easily distracted from hearing Jesus' voice. Even good and honorable tasks can begin to pull us away and distract us from our time spent with Jesus. And our text this morning is a somewhat familiar text as we see two sisters, Martha and Mary, who are well known to Jesus. We actually read multiple times in Scripture where Jesus apparently knows His family very well and visits them frequently. He arrives in their home in this text and He begins to teach. He begins to teach, and though we only have five verses, we're given a very clear picture of the necessity of the words of Jesus in the lives of his disciples. I only have one point this morning. I only have one encouragement to give you from this text, and that is this, sit at the feet of Jesus, because what he has to say is good. Sit at the feet of Jesus, because what he has to say is good. To find somebody sitting at the feet of Jesus was to find a follower of His eager and willing and ready to hear His teaching. They couldn't wait for Him to begin to speak. And Mary is doing this very thing in our text. and In verse 39, it actually says, Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to His teaching. But we can't miss the point if you look again at verse 38, who's actually welcoming Jesus into the home? This is a very important part of the story that we tend to forget when we recall this account. Verse 38, Martha, Martha is the one that welcomes Jesus into the home. Luke makes a point to make it very clear that Martha is the one who is doing the welcoming. We tend to uh, paint Martha in a very bad light, Uh, but it's important the way Luke is doing this here because it adds a lot of clarity to our understanding of what's actually taking place in the story It's not about one sister who loves Jesus and the other sister who finds Him to be an inconvenience. It's not about one sister who's a follower of Jesus and another sister who just hasn't quite understood Him yet and hasn't repented and followed after Him. It's not about one sister who recognizes who Jesus is and the other sister who is completely oblivious to who He is. No, both sisters are disciples of King Jesus. Mary wants to sit at her Savior's feet and listen to His teaching. Martha wants to serve her Savior and those who have come with them. You see, we can't forget that just because Luke decides to only highlight specifically three individuals in the stories, that they're the only individuals in the story. Jesus rarely traveled alone, and when He did, or when He was with small groups, the text usually makes a point to point it out that he's actually with a smaller group of people or he's alone. So we tend to read things like Jesus himself went or Jesus and the 12 who were with him or Jesus, James and John or Peter who went with Jesus. The text is usually very clear when it's a smaller group of people who have come to a new place. And when we think back to earlier, just prior to this account, The 72 disciples whom Jesus has sent out have actually returned to him. So between that and the fact that the text isn't really highlighting that a small group of people have come to the home, we can safely assume that this is a larger group of people in Mary and Martha's house. And in fact, that gives us a better understanding as to why Martha is distracted with much serving. If it was just Jesus, there wouldn't really be that much serving to be done. No, there's a lot because there's potentially... 75 to 100 people in and around this house. So we can't fault Martha for thinking there's a lot that needs to get done. There's a lot that has to happen. Martha is the one who welcomes Jesus in and she welcomes his entire group into the home. Jesus sits up front, begins to start teaching, and we see Mary jump to the front row. She is excited to sit at Jesus' feet and hear what he has to say. But Martha slowly starts to feel the pressure of making sure that all these people who are in her home are actually cared for well. At the very least, she wants to make sure Jesus is cared for. And this is where her hospitality kicks in. She begins to serve much. She starts making sure that there's enough food for everyone. She wants to make sure everybody has enough drinking water because they've had a long travel of walking and getting to the home. She wants to make sure everybody has a seat. She wants to make sure everybody's comfortable. She's opening windows and doors to make sure that there's a breeze coming in so that there's a cool atmosphere of where they are sitting and listening to Jesus teach. She's Washing feet as was a custom of hospitality back then. Martha is actually a wonderful example of what hospitality looks like. And part of the trouble that I'm I don't know if you feel, but that I feel when I read this text is I begin to think, Jesus, what's wrong here? Luke, what are you what are you trying to tell us? Isn't this usually what Jesus would be commending? Wouldn't most of the time Jesus would point to Martha and say, Exactly. That's that's what a disciple should be doing. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if you read this text and started scratching your head because you had Mark 10 in your mind where Jesus said, Be a servant to all, for not even the Son of Man came to be served, but to serve. Or maybe Romans 12 is in your mind. Seek to show hospitality. I mean, even a few chapters earlier in Luke, Jesus rebukes a man who has welcomed him into his home but has failed to show hospitality well. With all that in our mind, we begin to wonder, what exactly is the problem here? Thankfully, our text answers that question. The text again, it says, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to His teaching... But Martha was distracted with much serving. She was distracted by her many tasks. And then later in the text it tells us, but one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary and it's actually Mary who has chosen the good portion. You see, Martha was distracted and neglected the one necessary thing in the Christian's life. Giving time to sit at the feet of Jesus and soak in His teaching. The perceived needs surrounding her were dragging her away from Jesus and His teaching. It was pulling her away from what was necessary. She had welcomed Jesus in, but what she thought was more important responsibilities pulled her away from actually being with Him while He was amongst them. The phrase in our text distracted with much serving or distracted with her many tasks is a very scary one for us because we can begin to deceive ourselves into thinking that we are pleasing the Lord with our efforts. We're actually doing what he's asked us to do only to realize that we've pushed him out of the way to get done what he's asked us to do. We want to perform these tasks efficiently and we want to make sure we're doing them well. And so we neglect time spent with Jesus in order to do what He's asked us to do. I mean, how can we share the Gospel well if we rarely are seeking to know Jesus better through His Word? How can you parent well if you've neglected to pray well? How well can you practice patience and forgiveness if we're not continually in the Word realizing how much patience and forgiveness our God has shown towards us? If you haven't first had your own soul nourished and encouraged from the Word, how can you encourage and nourish others' souls? If you volunteer for a serving position here on Sunday mornings, praise God for that. That is important. That is needed. But we must fight the temptation to to miss the preaching of God's Word on a regular basis in attempts to serve God by doing other things. Serving is important and needed, but only one thing is necessary. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as you seek to appoint leaders here in your own congregation, one of the greatest blessings the church can have are leaders who devote themselves to sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his teaching. The best place that any church member can find their pastor is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Seeking to know Him more. Doing what Mary has done in this text. Choosing the good portion. You see, Martha's hospitality was not the problem. Her neglect of Jesus was. We shouldn't look at what she's doing and say that's wrong. We should look and see she's neglected the one thing that's necessary for her spiritual walk. And I can't fault Martha. We can't fault Martha. This for sure would have been me if I was there. I think about my children's birthday parties. I have an almost six-year-old, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and a one-year-old. Please pray for us. But we have these children. We have these birthday parties pre-COVID for them where we invite a bunch of people over to our home. And we have all these people there. And we're there. And I'm making sure, okay, everybody's got cake. Everybody's got pizza. Okay, who needs a drink? Oh, it's too cold in here. Let's, let's, not, we, let's fix that. It's too hot in here. Let's fix that. Oh, we need more chairs. Let me go to the garage and get those. Let's make sure the table's good. And it's. It, it, my kids have a great time. And everybody leaves. And my wife and I are talking after the birthday party. And you know we're just Thankful to God that everything went well and nobody got hurt and, you know, it was so good to see people. And my wife will say something like, oh, it was so good to catch up with so-and-so. And I'm left wondering, they were here? I just can't remember because I'm so busy. I got so caught up with making sure things were getting done that I didn't even have a fruitful conversation with anyone. You may have experienced something like this when maybe you go to have dinner at a friend's house and there's multiple people there there, and the host is so consumed with making sure that the food is ready and the food is placed well and the table is set and there's chairs and everybody has a drink and the AC is not too high or it's not too low. The heat needs to be on. Everybody has a jacket who's too cold. And you leave and you wonder, wow, I didn't even get to have a conversation with them. But they served us very well. You see, this tends to be our go to we want to make sure people are cared for those who are with us so we can't fault martha this would have been us she may have started out by listening to jesus teach but the overwhelming weight of needing to serve of the quote-unquote needing to serve needing to get things done that started to drown out the words of jesus Her serving pulled her away from His presence and into the face of self-righteousness. She was so concerned, uh, she was so certain that she was doing what her sister should have been doing. She even thought she was right in the eyes of Jesus. This is seen in our text in verse 40. Look at the statement she says to Jesus. Verse 40, she went up to Him, she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then, get up and help me. Martha has a lot of guts to walk up to Jesus and demand this. She doesn't pull Jesus aside quietly and ask him what his thoughts are on the situation. She doesn't quietly go up to Mary and say, hey, Mary, I don't know if you've noticed, but I need need a little bit of help around here. There's a lot of people. No, she went up to him, meaning she showed no hesitation and she made it clear that there was a problem in the room. She hurls two accusations and then demands something from Jesus. She first says, Jesus, don't you even care? Which is ironic. And then two, obviously my sister doesn't care. She's not helping. She's left me alone. And then the demand. Now, Jesus... Tell her to get to work. And just from what she's saying, you know she believes wholeheartedly that Jesus is about to agree with her. She, she is, there's no doubt in her mind that Jesus is about to back her up. But how does Jesus respond? Verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. Church, what good words we need to hear this morning. These are good words for us. Jesus exposes the faulty thinking in Martha and in our minds. Martha had the choice to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to what he was teaching. But she chose to take care of what was more pressing in her mind, more important from her perspective. She thought, I can listen later. I can hear his teaching later, but who's going to feed these people now? Her priorities were off. Jesus was trying to feed the bread of life. She's trying to feed daily bread. Jesus had a word for his disciples to hear and Martha didn't have time to sit and listen to her Savior's teaching. What Jesus had to say wasn't nearly as important as what Martha thought had to get done. And what good did it do? She became filled with anxiety. She became very troubled. She felt alone and embittered towards her sister and Jesus to a certain extent. When you neglect time spent sitting with and listening to Jesus, the needs and responsibilities surrounding you are no longer an opportunity to glorify him, but instead are are means of self-justification. The cares of the moment pulled her away from Jesus and eventually caused her to push him away. She fully believed she was in the right in her in the eyes of Jesus And when his actions or inactions from her perspective didn't match what she believed, she confronted him, accused him, demanded from him. I mean, think about the sad irony. Jesus is speaking to potentially 75 to 100 people in this small, in this home, speaking life giving words And she walks up and says, don't you even care, Jesus? He's doing the most caring thing possible in the moment. And she's so blinded by her tasks that she says, Jesus, do you even care? And Jesus never says the things she was doing were bad. Jesus is just telling her, Martha, those things can wait. Those things can wait. We face the same choice today. Are we going to sit at the feet of Jesus? Or are we too busy? When was the last time your alarm went off in the morning and you rolled over with joy and said, I'm awake, I can start praying and reading the Word? When was the last time you couldn't wait to sit down and open the Word of God and pray like the psalmist, Open my eyes, Lord, that I may behold wondrous things from your Word. How often do we talk about our need to spend time in the Word the same way we talk about our need for coffee? I want to make a quick side note at this point. Don't don't neglect time in the Word and prayer thinking you'll make up for it later by podcasting sermons or anything like that. That's like me saying, I never really talked to my wife but I, I hear from others how she's doing. It, it doesn't work that way. Take up the word and read, and then talk with your elder brother Jesus. It's the one thing that's necessary. Jesus makes it very clear to Martha and to us that there are many things that will cause us anxiety and trouble in our lives, but there's only one thing that's necessary. There is nothing more important in a disciple's life than to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear him teach and to receive his words, which are good. However, we would would be wrong to leave this morning and think, okay, I just need to spend more time in the Word. Or, okay, I just need to make sure I open my Bible more this week. We don't struggle with being in God's Word because we have a bad reading plan or just because we're lazy. We struggle because our view of Jesus has been diminished by all the distractions around us. We think there's more pressing things to get done. We become so accustomed and comfortable with distractions that drag our attention away from Jesus that we are deeply affected when we approach the Word of God. Because our reality has become one that everything boils down to what I need to get done. When that's our Our mindset, when we approach the Word of God, that's what we're asking Jesus, whether it's personal Bible study, whether it's in a a Bible study group, or when the Word is preached. We don't come to it wanting to know Jesus more. We come to the Word saying, God, just tell me what you want me to do. Because that's how we become so accustomed to living our lives. What do I need to get done today? So we open the Word of God and say, what do I need to get done, God? What's going to make you happy? Our, instead, our desire should be more to see Jesus clearly every time we open the Word. To see His love and His compassion towards us. To know our God more. To be reminded of who He is and what He's done Every time I open the Word of God, I want the Spirit to reveal Jesus to me in a way that reorients my desires to what's right, in a way that renews my passion to see Jesus exalted in every aspect of my life, in a way that refreshes my soul after being weighed down with tasks and distractions that surround me all week, and in a way that helps me fight the pull of those distractions and causes me to seek the good portion in Jesus. And then have that propel me to glorify God in everything I do. Not the other way around. By approaching the Bible in this way, serving wouldn't be considered a distraction anymore. Approaching the Bible in this way, serving would now be a humble response to a restful soul that has found peace in their Savior's words. We just need to turn everything off for a time and sit with Jesus every day and hear from His Word. We're called to choose the good portion as Mary did. Mary had chosen the good portion. The language of portion is an echo throughout Scripture where the term is used to show a closeness with God. Mary had chosen this closeness with God by sitting at the feet of Jesus. And this is why Jesus says Mary's chosen the good portion. She chose to prioritize being in the presence of Jesus by sitting at his feet and learning from him. She didn't just choose to sit and listen. She, she sat and listened to Jesus because it meant she was getting Jesus. That's how we should approach the Word. Not just to hear things of what to do or, hear to, or to grow in our factual knowledge, but because it means we're getting Jesus. We're hearing the Word of God. Sitting at his feet and listening to Jesus wasn't beneficial just because it was good teaching. It was necessary and primary because it was Jesus who was actually speaking. When Jesus speaks, you listen. Why? Because he's Jesus. He's the one through whom all things were made. He is the one who is before all things. He is the head of the church. He himself is the mercy of God. He is your advocate before the Father. He has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He is the propitiation for your sins. He is... At not least of all these, he's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of God's nature, and he upholds the universe by his word of his power, and it's through him that we actually hear God speak. Is this not who you want to listen to? Do you consider it necessary to be with Jesus and to hear him speak to you? Why would we ever be too busy to sit and listen to this Jesus? We need His words because we need Him. We all need Jesus' words because we need Him. Find delight sitting at the feet of Jesus now so that you delight standing before Him in eternity. In John 6, after saying some pretty hard things and seeing some disciples turn away and no longer follow after Jesus Jesus turns to the 12 disciples and says do you want to go with them as well and Simon Peter answers him Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life and have believed and have come to know that you are the holy one of God and in John 17, we know that, Jesus, that to know Jesus is to know eternal life. Mary, desiring to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear the sweet words of his teaching that would bring a sweet relief to her soul, was soaking in every single word he was speaking because they were words of eternal life. And it was a life that would not be taken from her. This is a promise we can cling to. It's a promise our text leaves us with. The good portion which Mary has chosen will not be taken away from her. Jesus is hers. And she is Jesus. Jesus's. All of God's promises come to reality in Christ Jesus and none of that will be taken away from her. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Saints, are you listening to Jesus? Are you hearing His teaching? Do you long to sit at His feet? There's nothing that will separate you from the love of God. Absolutely nothing. The Lord is yours and you are the Lord's, according to Deuteronomy 32. Distractions pulled Martha's attention away from Jesus and gave birth to anxiety and trouble and bitterness. Mary's attention was set on the teaching of Jesus and it promised her peace and rest, blessedness, In life, some may feel like Martha probably felt after Jesus spoke. Maybe you've realized I've been too distracted, or I'm too easily distracted. I haven't focused on the one thing that's actually necessary in the Christian life. I've felt anxious and troubled about many things. I need to see Jesus better. Maybe you're thinking, I want to sit at his feet and listen to his teaching. If that's you, Jesus would say to you, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, again, we are so thankful for your kindness towards us. When we push Jesus aside, when we push your word aside and say, we have better things that need to get done there are more pressing things in our lives that, Father, You don't disown us, but that You use Your Word to rebuke us and to exhort us to turn back to Jesus and to make Him the focus of our lives. Father, forgive us for where we have pushed Jesus aside. By Your Spirit, would You work in us a desire to sit at his feet and hear his teaching because it is good and it is necessary. And we thank you even now for how you work that in our lives. Would you bless our time in your word this week? In Christ's name, amen.